This is Brain Diet, episode 171, How Stress Affects Your Health. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Before we get into today's topic, I just want to mention something. I work one-on-one with clients, and I take them through individualized and very specific programs based on their health goals, their weight goals, based on their individual autoimmune conditions and all of the things. And I have met with a lot of people who want some nutritional help, but don't necessarily want an entire program with me for a variety of reasons. And so what I am offering is what I'm calling a nutrition audit, which is a one-time session with me where prior to that session, you'll have filled out an entire nutritional assessment. You'll have tracked what you are eating and not, it's not difficult. You just take pictures of what you're eating. You just kind of pay attention to everything they're eating. And we go through together on this private call, all of that information, all that you normally eat and how that supports or maybe doesn't support your goals and how we can align your goals with what you're eating. And then after this one hour that you spend with me, we get four weeks of support and accountability together. And so this is just a one-time fee for this one private session for this nutritional assessment, as well as some follow-up and accountability and support. And so if you feel like you want some help, but you're like, I just don't need a full blown program, then this is going to be an excellent option. So this is for sure something that you want to check out. And I am offering a coupon code that will give you a discount for this session. Um, And it's only going to last for a couple of weeks. So if you want more information on that, check that out in the show notes. I'll have all of that there. You can also just go to taylorandmacy.com slash work with me and you'll be able to find the information about these nutrition audits that I'm super excited to offer. Um, because a lot of times we just need someone to kind of come in for us, give us a general assessment and help us be accountable for a little while as we adjust to maybe some of the new um, recommendations that we come up with together based on your goals. So if that is you, if you feel like that is something that you would benefit from or need and you don't want to do an entire full-blown program of mine, then this would be a great um, budget-friendly option. So check out the information in the show notes. Again, I'll have the coupon code as well as the details, the link to all of it, and you can find it all there. With that, let's get into our topic today, how stress affects your health. Stress is somewhat of a buzzword right now and has been for the last couple of years in the wellness community for a variety of reasons. It is an important thing to pay attention to in a person's life and within a person's body, but I do think that there has been so much talk about it to the point where talking about stress is stressful. (laughs) Talking about managing your stress serves to only stress you out even more. And that's the irony of it all is that the emphasis on stress management is often detrimental and only brings more stress. And I think a lot of this comes from 
the fear mongering that is associated as it relates to stress. And so I wanted to share today what stress is, how it affects your body, and how to approach it in a way where you feel empowered relative to it and you feel capable to manage it in a way that really does help you live an improved life versus getting stressed out by how stressed you are, if that makes sense, if you've ever been in that boat. (laughs) And so as we begin, as I will share with you stress and how it affects your health, I want to begin by emphasizing how strong the human body is and how capable the human body is and how, I mean, truly extraordinary some of these processes are that it goes through without us having to think about it, without us having to be conscious of these certain things, our body knows what to do. And so I emphasize this as we talk about this, to just keep this in mind, that when it comes to stress, there's nothing to be afraid of. And this is because the second we are afraid of something and we have this fear narrative around stress, that's what creates more of it. And so really, truly, there's no upside to being afraid of stress. There's no upside to worrying about stress because all that serves to do is just compound any negative effects that we are experiencing. So right out the gate, your body is strong. Your body is capable. And I'm going to tell you why. But first, let's get into the the physiological and biological processes that are happening when your body is under stress. We talk about stressors. There are different types of stressors in our lives. And a stressor is essentially just defined as something that disrupts our internal environment, that disrupts our homeostasis. And when I say homeostasis, I'm just talking about the relatively predictable and stable environment that is our bodies, that is the desired level that our brain and body want to maintain. It's just relative predictability, relative stability, which is things like consistent body temperature, consistent hydration levels, um, balanced energy, right? Our body likes this stability. And so when we have things outside of us that disrupt this stability, there is a process that happens internally. This is called the stress response. We have a stress response when we are faced with stressors, and this is designed to get our attention. It's designed to say, hey, there's something that's just threatening our stability a little bit. So let's pay attention to it. Let's manage this threat. Let's deal with any damage produced. And then let's return our bodies back to baseline as soon as possible, because that's where we like to live, is at this baseline, predictable, stable place. There are many different types of stressors that we experience, and some are real or external. For example, like extreme environments, extreme temperatures, or like a broken bone, for example, or a virus that gets into our body and we become ill as a result. These are real factual circumstances that serve to put stress on the body. There are also perceived or imagined stressors. And these are things like relational conflict. Is someone mad at me? What if my child gets kidnapped? (laughs) Sometimes my mind will go down these roads of fear about my children, and it definitely stresses me out. 
even though nothing is happening, nothing real is happening. My children are safe and even oftentimes like right in front of my eyeballs. And I still will have these thoughts that lead very quickly to feeling stressed out about my children's safety. And it's not any less legitimate or valid than the real ones like a broken bone, but there is that kind of delineation is we have the real factual ones and then we have the more perceived ones. And so it's important that we recognize both of those and do our best to approach those in the appropriate manner, which I'm going to get into. How do we approach the real stressors versus the more perceived stressors, which are, again, both valid. I think we just have different strategies uh, for each and some that overlap, which I'm going to get into. And there are different categories as well of stressors. So there are things like physical stressors, right? Something like a broken bone or an extreme temperature. There are mental stressors like perfectionism that puts stress on the brain. When someone is obsessing over something being to a certain standard, that's stressful. Decision fatigue is also stressful. When you are spending a lot of time not making a decision, that is exhausting and that serves to put stress on the brain. There's emotional stress, things like grief or very intense emotions. There are existential ones, right? If you're feeling lost and without purpose, that can be a stressor. There are social stressors. If we're feeling rejected or like we don't have a tribe of people that love and support us. And then there are environmental stressors, things that are extreme conditions, um, which there's a wide variety of different environmental stressors that we might experience. And all of the stressors that we are faced with, they are cumulative. They come together to then give us a sum total of our stress load. And the term for this, for all of these stressors that we experience in total is called allostatic load. So every day we have a certain level of an allostatic load, which just essentially refers to how much stress we are under. Here's what's then to be expected after we have a stress, a stressor, after we're faced with um, any type of stress. We start in this homeostatic, stable, predictable environment, and then that's disrupted. And this is disrupted by the stressor. And then what happens is we go into an alarm phase. And then after the alarm phase, we go back, we recover, we rebuild, we get stronger, and then we enter a new baseline, a new homeostasis, a new level of stability and predictability, which is super interesting. Exercise is deliberately putting the body under stress. Exercise is a form of stress on the body. So when you are lifting weights, when you are putting your heart under stress by by running or by doing some type of cardiovascular activity, this is stress that then our body responds to with this stress response. After we exercise, we go through this alarm phase like, oh, we're put under stress. We got to show up. We got to take care of this. Then our body recovers, rebuilds, and then is stronger afterward. There is stress in our lives that when we go through this stress response process, our immune system becomes more robust. If our bodies are not put under stress, our immune system doesn't have reason to become stronger. And so this is a really important piece to understand is though the word stress often has a very negative and scary connotation, we need it. Did you know this, that you need stress in order to grow and become stronger and to rebuild and to, you know, 
grow as a human in all different sorts of ways, we need to be challenged in all the different sorts of ways. We need to be challenged physically with stress, mental with stress, emotional, existential ways, social, environmental ways. This allows us to become stronger. It's like trees in the mountains. I live in the mountains and I'm surrounded by so many trees. The strongest ones are the ones that have been blown on the very most that have had the most wind and the most elements right because we've got like these snowy mountains we've got some crazy strong trees because they're under very extreme conditions and this is not because those trees are inherently strong it's because they have had to respond to a specific stressor they have been in the face of things that have challenged them to disrupt their baseline go into alarm, okay, how do we solve for this? And then to recover and rebuild and be stronger as a result for it, as a result of it. Stress, my friends, breeds resilience. Without it, we would not have any reason to recover, rebuild, and to establish a new level of stability. We would have no reason to become stronger without stress. So like I mentioned, however, The word stress is often a scary one or a fearful one. People will say things like, I'm just so stressed out. And this is what I want to challenge here today. It is vital, arguably, for us to be put under stress to a point, of course. So as you encounter stress in your life, I encourage you to at least pose the question, could this work in my favor? Yes, this is hard. This is putting me under stress in a variety of ways, but maybe this is actually going to be okay. And not in the way of saying, oh, everything's fine and be toxically positive, but just to say, I can see that maybe there is a greater purpose to this. Maybe this is actually a good thing. And I recommend doing this in an area where that already might be a little bit true. Exercise is a great one, for example. I think generally speaking, most of us know how valuable it is, but because we, some of us think about exercise in such a negative way, it can make it difficult for us to do it. And then when we're uncomfortable and we feel exhausted or fatigued, if we continue to think, oh, this is just so hard, we miss the opportunity to face the growth that we are potentially providing for ourselves. And so find something that might be a little bit stressful, but you can understand or see as with exercise, why it might be a good thing and practice believing, you know what, this is actually really good for me. My body is going into like full alarm response and that's actually good. That actually makes me stronger, not just physically, but in every other area of my life. What matters about just as much as the stressor itself is what we think about the fact that we have it. What we make it mean when we're under stress. Because in reality, whether something is quote unquote stressful will depend on our interpretation of and relationship to that stress. Again, using exercise as an example. If we are lifting a weight and we're thinking, I hate this. This is so hard. This isn't good for me. This is going to break something. These thoughts lead to negative emotion. When you're thinking that way, it doesn't make you feel emotionally good. And so it would make sense why you wouldn't have a desire to continue doing it. It would make sense why you might have a negative relationship with exercise if you're thinking this way about it. And so this applies to 
every stressor we have? What are the thoughts that we are having about the stressors that we are placed with? And again, if we can kind of take away some of that connotation with the word stress and just look at something like objectively, as objectively as possible, like me getting under that bar with X amount of weight on it, or this person said these words, or, you know, some of the more neutral pieces of information that we are interpreting as very stressful. When we can look at those things and be very aware of what we are thinking about them, it can completely change both the way we respond to it and the way we recover from it. Interestingly enough, people who have moments or periods or, or days or meals of overeating or emotional eating, people who respond to those moments with catastrophizing, with shame, with guilt, with regret, with anger, they are less able to recover and get back to their desired healthy habits than those who respond to the exact same situation with self-compassion, with curiosity and encouragement. Have you ever had incidences like these where you have overeaten or, or eaten when you were trying not to feel something or maybe eaten when you hadn't planned to? or maybe in a way that wasn't in alignment with your goals. And afterward, you just have this slew of negative emotion of of these thoughts where it's just like, this is the end. I'm so terrible. I'm never going to be able to reach my goals. And we develop this narrative in our minds about whatever it is that we just ate and how when we think that way, have you noticed how much more difficult it is to move on? (laughs) We end up getting stuck with it and we don't try. We don't try again. We just dwell on it. And the same goes for when we're feeling guilty about it or regretful. It further deters us down the road versus having these moments, having these these days or meals or whatever they might be and saying, oh man, let me see what I might've been feeling in that moment. Why do I think I did that? That's okay. I can totally see why I did that. And I love myself anyway, and I'm just going to move on tomorrow because I'm still worthy no matter what I eat. When we can think that way about our diets and how we are eating, it helps us stay in our lane versus veering way far off. It helps us just have more subtle corrections versus having to just stop the car completely. In addition to this, what is really interesting is people are also shown to have longer recovery times and more overall pain and general physical dysfunction when they feel really strong negative emotions about it. For example, if someone were to break a bone and afterwards they have a thought like, I'm going to be broken forever, and they feel afraid and overwhelmed, people with dialogues like this generally are shown to take longer to recover, to be in more overall pain. This is because there's a lot that's going on between our brains and our bodies, and that emotional connection contributes to our ability to heal. Now, again, I tell you this not as a way of stressing you out further to say if you have those thoughts that you need to change them or something is going to be terribly wrong. Not at all. There's no upside to thinking that way. Simply try to be aware, to pay attention to the thoughts that you have about the stressors in your life. And if they are thoughts, like if you have an injury and it's a thought like I'll be broken forever, notice that you're thinking that it's okay that you're thinking that no one blames you for thinking that, but just recognize that it's also optional. You also have the choice to say, you know what? My body knows what to do. My body will always take care of me. And that's a thought that I've adopted for, for years, because I feel like, especially with a rare and aggressive autoimmune condition, 
there are a lot of moments where I want to have these fearful, scary thoughts and recognizing that I'm having them and say, number one, it's okay that I have them. And number two, they're also optional. And for my own sake, it's worth trying on other thoughts and believing that my body knows what to do and that everything is going to be okay. Makes life a little bit easier and it makes the pain a little bit less, even if, even if just by a little bit. Now, when it comes to stress, when it comes to the stressors that we accumulate, when it comes to our total allostatic load, once we exceed our individual ability to recover, right, which happens a lot of times when we're sleeping, that's when we recover, stress stops helping us and then starts chronically damaging our body, our performance, um, things like our mood, our relationships, or how productive we can be, and just generally our overall quality of life. And this is one that comes up often with my clients when we are working on weight loss and fat loss. If there is a lot of stress in their lives, it can, you know, affect other areas that then affect other areas that then lead to the inhibition of progress. Now, saying stress can inhibit weight loss progress is not a reason to be more stressed. It's to be more stressed. It's simply something to be aware of. Like, oh man, if maybe I'm not making the progress that I want, perhaps it's because I'm under a little bit more stress than is useful in this case. It's knowledge and power. It's not reason to be more stressed because let me say again, there's no upside to be worried about your stress. There's no upside in being afraid of it and thinking that there's something wrong if you have it. It's simply something to be aware of and then to be curious about, to be like, oh man, I can see I have these stressors in my life. What do I want to think about them on purpose? What we do is when we are faced with stressors is we develop over the course of our lives through um, outside influence, through cultures, we develop ways to cope. And many times if we are not taught directly how to cope in healthy ways with stress, then we go to things that immediately just make us feel good. And this can be things like eating. This can be things like our phones. This can be things that often work against us later. This can be, I'm feeling stressed. I'm going to go into the kitchen and I'm going to eat something. Or after a long day and you finally sit on the couch, you're like, man, I've had the most stressful day. I'm just going to eat, even though I might not be hungry. No one blames you for doing this. We are built to learn to cope with stress. And if we aren't taught necessarily healthy ways to do so, it makes perfect sense why we would simply go to things that just make us feel good in the moment. Things like food, things like alcohol, things like pornography, things that just in the moment make us feel good that maybe later, not for everybody, but maybe later do not have a positive consequence. So no one blames you for this because food does work temporarily. Eating does solve for stress temporarily in that it can provide a little bit of dopamine against the stress that you are feeling. If eating, if your current stress coping strategies are working against you, and that might be relative to the goals that you have for your health or just your life in general, consider examining the stress in your life as well as what you are making it mean. If you have a stress, a stressor in your life that is more or less out of your control, it's imperative that you manage your mind around it. If you have something like a deadline at work 
that isn't something that you have set for yourself, but someone else has said to you, hey, we need to meet this deadline. What is it that you make it mean? When you think about that deadline, are you thinking, oh, this is going to be so hard? Oh, I'm so overwhelmed? Or are you thinking, I can totally do this. I can support myself and figure out ways to make this happen. I'm so capable in meeting this deadline. What thoughts are you having? The same thing goes for injuries, for example. What are you making it mean when you're injured? Are you having really fearful, overwhelming, regretful, angry thoughts? Because those won't really work in your favor and they feel terribly. And if you're already hurting from an injury, we don't need to add more terribleness on top of that. Another thing that is kind of interesting, and it's a little bit of a nuance of this situation, but grief can be a stressor, right? Feelings of of grief when we have um, extreme feelings of loss. And grief itself can be very helpful. Grief is a stressor that can serve us. But what happens is we feel this grief and then we make it mean something. We think, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I don't want to be feeling this way. This feels awful. I need to get away from this. And those are the type of thoughts that then work against us, not the grief itself. So that's why it's important to really be clear about the thoughts that you are having about what you're experiencing. These are things that we must be mindful of and those that are out of our control, we must pay attention to the thoughts that we're having about it. And then there is the category of stressors that we do have some influence over, the things that we present ourselves with, the information we're putting in front of our minds to have thoughts about, the situations that we're putting ourselves in that aren't 100% necessary. And for those that we have the ability to have choice and control over, it is really important for your own sake to be in charge of that, to make very deliberate choices so that you are still within the range of benefiting from stress versus suffering from it. If there are things that you can control, you must be in charge of them when it comes to stress. We must eliminate stressors where possible because others will almost always do the opposite. No one in the world will be able to lower your stress level more than you because you're the ultimate gatekeeper of what you are allowing into your life and into your mind. And others tend to ask for things. They tend to make requests. They tend to give opportunities for potentially more stressors and and no blaming other people, right? It's not their job to take care of you. It's yours. So where possible, where you have stressors that you have wiggle room or room for optionalness, <laughs> be sure to maximize your ability to say no and to remove the things that aren't 100% necessary that might be leading to stress that build that allostatic load to a point where it does work against you. And then for those that you cannot control, which are many for all of us, manage your mind. Meaning, look at the thoughts that you are having about every specific stressor and examine them and say, oh my gosh, look at me thinking these thoughts. Is this a thought that I want to keep thinking about this stressor? Is this a thought that helps me feel emotionally better? And again, it's not to be toxically positive. It's not to try and be optimistic about everything. It's to be intentional about everything. It's to say, hey, maybe I do want to feel a little bit sad about this, but I'm just going to let myself feel sad. And that's okay. I'm also going to remind myself and encourage myself that I'm strong 
and that I can make it through this and that everything's going to be okay. Stress is a very useful thing in our health. So as you move forward today and through the rest of the week, pay attention to the stressors you are noticing in your life and distinguish between the ones that are not necessarily in your realm of control and the ones that are. And manage your mind about all of it. Look at what thoughts you are having about each stressor you encounter. And the ones that you can't control, be very precise with what you decide to make them mean. And then take exquisite care of yourself in those stressors that you have any semblance of control around. Make sure you are taking care of yourself in that way, not to be noble and not to be better than you already are, but simply for your own sake so that you can feel your best. That is all I have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.